0: Hey guys, I am Dr. Anushruti and here I am back with an exciting episode. Well, I thought why not to discuss running. I know running always gives us an excitement in our body. So for today's discussion on board, I have Dr. Megan Hyde, who is a physical therapist and of course a gorgeous woman and a running coach. (laughs) He is joining us live directly from USA, so let's welcome her. Hello, Dr. Megan, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you so much, the pleasure is ours. Well, running is an aerobic exercise. So Dr. Megan, how do you feel? Like how much is running important in a fitness regime?
1: It's specifically running is not important. It just depends on what the person wants you know, the importance is really, uh, just what, what they enjoy. But if you like running, it's a very good exercise. It's good cardiovascular. It's good for your, you know, mind, body, and soul. I like to say it's a very, um, I like to say that I have a very holistic outlook on it because it's, there's so many more benefits than just the physical aspect of the body. Um, but yes, that's, to hopefully that answers your question
0: (laughs) okay well you know you promote running so much you are a running Mm -hmm. coach. so what do you feel are some major life-changing benefits of running that people should adapt running in their lifestyle
1: so running in itself is interesting because it's a very it can be one an expensive sport but it can be inexpensive you know You don't need to necessarily have a membership. You can look up things online and you just put your sneakers on and go outside. And that's the cool thing about it is the outdoor aspect of running and just being um, in that environment. It really takes us away from our grind day-to-day life that current society is very adept to. And it makes you not only work on obviously your aerobic fitness and cardiovascular system but just the mindfulness of being outside hearing your breath um, hearing your steps on the ground that's why it's a huge benefit and for someone that's looking not even just for health purposes maybe someone who um wants to you know like lose weight and they're not necessarily looking for like oh I want to I know it's incorporated in health too, but it can be aesthetic, right? Running can help you um, you know, promote calorie burn and it's just so an do you easy feel way. Like
0: running can be a part of therapy, physical therapy.
1: Physical therapy?
0: Yeah. Can running be a part of a therapy? Like in any medication is running, you know, helping us out?
1: Oh yeah, sure. Um that's an interesting question. <laughs> um usually Runners come into physical therapy because they're injured, but it absolutely can be a part of it as a progression from, let's say, if someone has had a former, um, let's say, heart disease or something that they were told they need a, a period of rest. For, you know to rest the cardiovascular system and then now they're walking and they're ready to progress that running can absolutely be a progression from that and that'll be a part of the physical therapy routine if it works for them if they like biking that's something they can do as well but of course it involves the strengthening component of the cardiovascular system
0: well you know we have a lot of guys in my audience who are listening and watching this right now so, for them who are beginners in running, you know, who are about to start the run after listening to you right now, what do you feel are some five basic mistakes that they should actually avoid or they should take prevention of before starting this
1: running? Okay, uh, good question. So, five mistakes to avoid I would say is number one, um, just going right into it without any type of warm up. And it doesn't have to necessarily be anything complex. You can just walk. I have a lot of my, a lot of my runners just walk for five minutes before they start. So number one is not doing a warmup. Um, number two is trying to run as fast as you can right off the bat. The goal with running obviously is just the longer duration. So especially if you're just starting right away, start slow, slower than you would even think that you should, because typically that gets you a little bit longer, faster, so and then number 3 would be assuming that you need to just run you can do a run walk routine and a lot of people benefit from that right away because many people are just starting to run they don't have the adaptations yet so walk run method is huge and you don't even have to follow a specific ratio you can run is for a few minutes as you feel walk a few minutes recover and then do it again it doesn't have to be like an all go all effort. Um, number, so that's three. Number four, I would say is just running, meaning you're only running, you're doing nothing else. Uh, you don't do any strength training or stretching or I, I'm mm-hmm. a, big form, a, a big advocate for recovery exercises such as, um, you know, icing and foam rolling. And so I think it should be incorporated with other things. That's the best way to stay injury free. And number five is not fueling after your run. I would, I would probably mention the nutrition part of running is you, we can't ignore that, especially if someone's trying to lose weight with running um, it's it's, it can be causing more inflammation and damage if you're not uh allowing those muscles the nutrients that they need basically when they're when they're getting pushed to their limits and especially if you're starting brand new it's a high stress thing so i would say those five
0: so as a running coach you know you would have trained a lot of runners in your career what are some injuries that are very common in your uh, career like what are some injuries you have encountered in the patients and your trainees that you feel that are very common for people who run
1: Okay, so I would say number one, especially new runners, shin splints, that's huge, because the lower extremities just aren't used to that pounding on the pavement. So um, there's definitely many different things that could cause that and everyone is different. But overall, the load is just a lot based on what the body can adapt to. So I would say that is my first thought. Number two is likely runner's knee. Um, which is basically it could be a just an abnormal pull of the patella tendon. The patella is not actually getting strong enough pulled directly upward by the quad. So there's some weakness compensation going on that's causing some abnormal strain. Um, and probably, I would say maybe i t band syndrome, which is another knee area. Pretty much you're thinking lower extremities for the most common injuries. So IT band syndrome is similar to patellofemoral runner's knee patellofemoral pain syndrome, which it's, it's, it's like a tendon on the outside that it actually t- attaches all the way up at your hip first at a muscle that um, flexes the hip. And then it goes down to the outside of the knee. What happens with that specific diagnosis is, again, some sort of um, imbalance that either, you know, the hip flexors are working, like, higher than they, they should in terms of the quads aren't um, offsetting that pull. And on the inside, it's really just an, an imbalance that is an overstrain on the outside of the knee.
0: Okay. Dr. Megan, you know, we have a lot of type of runnings like I am not specifically uh, naming the terms because I do not know what are the basic terms of running like I do have heard about a long run base run. So what is Dr. Megan's favorite type of running and what, why would you advise that type of running to people? Oh,
1: favorite type of running. Um. You know, I, I'm a big fan of time-based running and it's not specifically there. It's not a threshold run. It's not a base run. The reason I mention that is because most people now are trying to squeeze running in within their daily lives, their crazy daily lives. And I work with a lot of females with, um, with young kids and females who might have more intense careers. So they're not necessarily training for something. They're just, they want to run to feel good. They want to run for um, helping themselves just have them time during the day. So what I really like programming for them is just go out for 20 minutes versus like having specific mileage um, mileage based like sets. I, I like to say you know time blocking is really helpful. So it, I would I would say as a whole to call that time based running. If you have 30 minutes in your day just to run, then do a five-minute walk, do 20 minutes run, and then a five-minute walk cooldown. And that run could be a run-walk, like I said, but that helps a lot of people who are thinking too much about what should I do, how fast should I go, like, let's get back to basics and just squeeze it in your schedule first, and then we'll go from there. That's why I like time-based running.
0: So ultimately, you just want to say that start running, at least start running.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So Dr. Megan here, I would like to introduce you to one of the segments in my show that is to answer the questions of my followers and clients. So I do have a lot of questions for you and I'll be asking some selected questions. So are you ready to answer these? Sure. (laughs) Well, the first question comes from Shankar from Udepur. He says, Hi Dr. Megan, how are you? Greetings from India. I want to start running. What should be my basic training program?
1: So if this person is not running at all yet,
0: yeah. And
1: I'm assuming their goal is just to run and they don't they yes. don't necessarily have anything specific yet. And that's yeah. okay. You you might find that after a month, you're like, okay, let's do a 5K or something. For someone like that, I would say, first of all, you're not going to run every day. You're not going to end up doing back-to-back days. So to make it easy, you could do Monday, Wednesday, Friday running. And I would start with a 20-minute block on those days because that'll give you, let's say, about, you know, four to six miles on your feet just to start. That's a good base. Um, And then from there, I would do that for like two or three weeks. And then you can build up the time on your feet, meaning, uh, and I wouldn't jump from necessarily 20 minutes to 40 minutes every day. Maybe after a few weeks, do one day that you're doing 30 minutes. And then after a few weeks, you're doing two days for 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be as complicated as people make it. But I would say consistency, not running every day and just picking a time, going to run, walk when you feel you need and just be out there for a period of time.
0: So everyone who's like Mr. Shankar, this is your reminder to start running and note down this basic training program by Dr. Megan. So moving on, we have Jedi from Punjab. He says, I run normally around 10 rounds of four kilometers each. Do I have to wear some safety kits because I have seen some runners doing it. Is it necessary in part of running?
1: Sorry, can you repeat that?
0: He says that he runs. He is a runner. He runs around 10 rounds of four kilometers each. He's asking that he has seen a lot of, uh, you know, runners wearing helmets and kneecaps. Is he supposed to do that? Is it necessary to wear safety things while you are
1: running? Oh, um, no, you don't have to. Um, I actually am surprised. Maybe where is this person from?
0: From Punjab,
1: India. India.
0: Yeah, we you know, know uh, here I have seen even I have seen a lot of runners and cyclist joggers, they do wear some kneecaps, elbow caps and uh helmets. I don't know, maybe yeah. especially when there's a marathon in my area, they really yeah. do have all these safety kits, a water bottle here and everything. So
1: interesting. It's not like that in the US. Um uh of course with cyclers. It's it's important to wear a helmet, you know, because they're they're doing a little bit more, especially if you're doing in the trails. You're doing um, different elevations and. I believe and to
0: run, you set you ought to set your body a little free. What I think, like if you're caged with a uh, safety kits and everything, I believe the running would get impacted. What do you think?
1: Oh, I that that is an interesting way, interesting way of uh, thinking about it. I I I don't it as necessary if someone is worried about you know their coordination and tripping a lot that might be a different story but i think that's another another thing that gets people just thinking about too much information we're in such an information age that i think it could limit you like what you're saying like the if it works for you it works for you i don't necessarily have my runners do that because they don't need to Um, But if you're in more unsafe and like uneven terrain areas that you're going to be tripping a lot, that's a different story. Um, But I don't think it's necessary.
0: Okay. So, Kajal from Ahmedabad. Hi, Kajal. How are you? She says, hi, Dr. Megan. Greetings from India. I can't run for more than six or seven minutes. Why is it so? Also, I have weight around 45 kg and I'm 20 years old. My stamina, people say, is very low. What should
1: I do? Okay, good. Good question. So stamina, um, the biggest thing that I think about with that is just how consistent is he being? Is he trying to run, you know, six, seven minutes every single day? You do want to have consistency, but some variability. So I would break it down at two or three days of trying to run Let's say if he can only run six minutes right now, let's do four minutes and then you're going to recover a walk for a minute and we'll do that multiple trials and then you have one long day that you're working on building up to past six or seven minutes and that might not happen for four to six weeks, but um, we want to think about how consistent this person is. You definitely want to have a few a few periods during the week that you're doing shorter runs and that include could include walks and then one day on the weekend if he wants to build up his endurance then that could be his endurance day it might not come right away but my thought off the bat is there may not be enough consistency for him to see aerobic changes that he wants to see
0: dr megan you know as we just discussed stamina and a lot of things that are contributed to make a good runner you answered me in the very first or second question that diet is also a very big fact of matter here in running program so what are you going to suggest a proper diet what should it include to be a good runner
1: so diet you definitely want everyone's different in terms of um what works for them with you know some people are vegetarians some people i have
0: you know what dr megan in india we do have a lot of vegetarians and then vegan they are also coming a lot but here i have seen what i personally have witnessed here that people you know when it comes to strength training when it comes to running when it comes to do some certain exercises what they do the first thing is to quit on food i don't know if the aim is to lose weight or no or what but you know they just stop eating some different kinds of food and what they are dependent on very basic counting the calories every time and like a very uh i would say nutrition deficit i i mean i do not know what to term it as but they are just off the food they do not like to have food and start cutting on everything
1: okay that's probably too many changes they're making at once that's my thought initially you know, if you're if you're looking to let's say lose weight, because that's something a lot of people that's their focus. Um, you still, if you're adding in the component of burning calories, you're you also you don't want to drastically deficit your caloric intake because your body is going through a state of inflammation with the new exercise. So you really do need to replenish those needs. So your muscles can build appropriately and you can actually have um, you know, the benefit that you want. If you're going to do like, let's say a long run and then you're skipping a meal after that, you're you're definitely putting yourself at risk for injury, getting sick. The body definitely needs the fuel it needs. I would say with the culture that we're in now, focus on what type of fuel you're putting in your body. And I am a really good advocate on eating things that are the most nutritious in terms of trying to avoid processed foods like if you're someone that really likes you know fast foods or or things that you're buying from the grocery store that is in packages that lasts a long period of time there's a reason it lasts a long time there's a lot of stuff in it that's not necessarily good for us so trying to stick to you know good fruits vegetables obviously protein is very important to replenish the muscular demands that we're putting on the body and good fats are really helpful for sustained hunger. And, um, but like I said, with everyone's different in terms of what they like and what they want to choose. The balance is key. Balance of different portions of proteins, carbohydrates, and fats on your plate and really just not having a lot of processed inflammatory foods.
0: Well, Dr. Megan, uh, last but not the least, we do have a lot of runners, about to be runners. So what will be your advice to them, the biggest advice you would like to give them before they jump into the running process?
1: I would say you got to be patient. Changes don't happen right away. And be consistent, but have variety. Those are the three things I would mention.
0: (laughs) Great. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan, for joining in and taking our time from your schedule to speak to us, especially giving and enlightening us on this wonderful topic, enthusiastic topic, running. With this, this is your reminder, everyone, to have your spine straight, straighten your back and start running. Because I know (laughs) most of you guys do want to run, but get tired while having the idea of running. So why not to listen to this podcast and then start your running with the guidance of Dr. Megan. Well, till then, take care. Goodbye. We'll see you in the next episode.